Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 to 25, and we are going to end chapter 3 tonight. And uh, I entitled this message, I was really just looking, I didn't know what I was doing, I'm just like concentrating like, what is this passage talking about? What's going on in here? What can I title this, Lord? Like, what are you speaking to me about? And the title that came up to my mind was, Do It For Jesus. That, that's going to be the title of my message, just do it for Jesus. And uh, you'll see why. I mean, it's pretty much flat out for do it for, do it for Jesus. That's it. And so we are going to be in verses eight or 17 all the way to 25, and we are going to end with chapter 3. I was going to have Dakota speak, but he's in the academy right now. He's going through all that stuff. And I asked him, you know, how much, how much time can you have or do you have to work on a message? He's like, uh, pretty much like 20 minutes, and that's, all, and that's driving. I'm like, well, never mind. Then maybe some other time. So I picked it up, and um, I'm doing it now. So uh, let's... Uh, Ask the Lord to bless this time one more time, and uh, we'll get into it. Father, I just ask, God, that you would uh, grant me wisdom in this time, but most of all, Lord, that you would, uh, you would keep our hearts calm and attentive to what you have to say tonight, God. And Father, I just want you to just take center stage tonight, Father, and really to just speak to your people, God. That's all I want, Father, so, Lord... It's your time. You do it, guys, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, well, do it for Jesus, starting in verse 17 in chapter 3. I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version, so, you know, bear with me with the these and thou's and do it and all that stuff. And it says in verse 17, I'll just read the whole thing right now. And whatsoever ye do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye, sh for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. So we'll start in verse 17 and 18. And whatsoever ye do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Wives, Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. We'll stop right there. So in verse 17, it says, Whatever you do in this life, pretty much, do it all, do everything unto the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're eating, do it unto the Lord. If you're working, if you're outside doing construction, do it unto the Lord. 
if you're playing video games, do it unto the Lord, you know? I mean, it might sound weird, but hey, there was many times when I used to be a video game freak, and I, you know, wasted like four years of my life playing video games online. But what I did was, you know, when when it consumed me, I was just playing this video game. But but now I understand about do everything unto the Lord, because when I would play this video game, I would always mark my screen name or my tag or whatever, JC, and people knew what that was, you know, I was still representing the Lord, and people would be like, wow, why is this guy so good, what's going on, and then they would ask questions, why, because they saw my screen name, and it said JC at the end, you know, so they knew what was going on, so I did that to the Lord, even though I was, you know, I was not at first, and like, I'm just getting addicted to this video game, you know, but here, Paul is telling us to do everything unto the Lord, whatever you do, do everything unto the Lord, it doesn't matter if you're just teaching or you're just hanging out with a buddy and you're going to go shoot pool or go bowling or something. Talk about Jesus, you know. Every, it, it's cool because it's great to have a family. It's great to have brothers and sisters in Christ because when we hang out, you know, we always go out and we always talk about Jesus. You know, every time we're eating, we pray, we talk about the Lord, how amazing He is. And I love that, you know. I love that about... Um, all my friends that I go out and I hang out with, and we always talk about the scriptures or talk about theology or what's going on, you know. But, going down to verse 18, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. Notice here in the King James Version that I have, this is my new Bible, I love this baby, Notice here that in my King James Version, it says, Wives, submit unto your, keyword own husband. Those of you that have the ESV version, it won't say own. It'll, say, it'll, it'll pretty much say, Wives, submit yourself unto your husband. But in the King James Version, it says your own husband. Meaning this, when it's talking about you g girls in general being you know, one day you, got, you girls are going to be wise, you know, you're going to have a family and so on. It says to submit to your own husband, not any other man, not any other, because what happens inside the church is a lot of guys like to go up to the women and tell them their faults, tell them what they're doing is wrong. Oh, you can't be doing this. Oh, you can't be wearing that. You can't be doing this, but who are they to say that? They are not your own husband's. They're not. Any, they're no. They're no higher than you. They shouldn't be telling you these things, unless it's a pastor, someone that you look up to. Okay, that's fine. But if it's just some random guy, it's, it's a no go. Because it says here that wives should submit unto their own husbands, not just any men. Their own husbands. So my comment for you girls is, hey. When you find when that right guy comes along, when you find him, when the Lord brings him into your life, it's got to be someone you trust. It's got to be someone you can say, "I trust. I trust this man. I mean, he encourages me. I can place my full trust in him, and I know he's going to lead lead and guide me the way the Lord would want me to go." So, girls, be looking for that. It's got to be someone you trust, not just anyone. Why? Because when you get married, you have to submit. Hey, if you chose the wrong guy, sorry, 
You're in, you're in it with them. You're in, you're in it so thinking he dies or what now, or you die. You're in it. You're, you're a team. You're in it. When you say I do to that person, you are in it for good. That's why I say to you girls now, look for the one that you can trust, that you can, that you can go for supervision, that you can say, man, this guy, I know this guy can teach me. I know he can raise my family. I know he's a godly man. Because if you go doodling around and messing, and not messing around, but you're, you're going out and you're just, you know, tapping your foot in the other line, across the line, you're just going over, you know, you're playing in the world, and you, let's say you fall in love with a non-believer. Then what happens? Okay, you fall in love with them, he puts that ring on your finger, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the happiest moment of my life. You know, you get married, you have your kids, it's going dandy, you're loving life until he's just not into God anymore, or he was, or maybe he was never into God. And then he, what? Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want... You, you start to get irritated with him. You're just like, well, I thought I married this, this godly guy or this... I thought I was in love with this guy. And then what happens? You, you must stick it with him because God hates divorce. You just can't divorce him. I mean, you can. But as a God-fearing woman, you want to be fearful of God first, right? So you're going to do everything in your powers to please God. So that's why you're going to have to stick with this guy. And you're going to be bummed out. And maybe, hopefully one of these days, the Lord will grab a hold of his heart or whatnot. But that's why I tell you first. Once, once that ring gets on that finger, once you say I do, you're stuck with that person for the rest of your life. It will be fun or it won't, you know. Or it's going to have ups and downs. It depends on who you can trust. Who is godly enough for you? Does he love God more than you? Because if he does, dude, you should, you should place a star by his name because that's the one you should be looking at. He needs to love God more than you if you want a great relationship. So wives, submit to your own husbands. In Ephesians 5.22, I was just looking at this earlier. You don't have to turn there, but you can mark it. It's gonna, it pretty much says the same exact thing, but just a little bit more to it. It says, Why submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore... As the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. That, that should be a reminder of why you should pick out or why you should really use your discernment when the Lord brings someone into your life. Remember. And notice one more thing. I was looking this up. It doesn't say, wives, submit to your husbands unto the Lord. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands, or, excuse me, cancel that. It doesn't say, as it is, as it is unto the Lord, after it says, wives, submit to your husbands, uh, 
to your own husbands as unto or as it is fit in the Lord. It doesn't say unto. Because usually in the Bible, I'm getting this all mixed up, so sorry. The second half of that verse 18. Okay, I'll, I'll rewind. The second half of verse 18, it says, as it is fit or fitting in the Lord, right? Notice it doesn't say as it is unto the Lord. Because the word unto, I looked it up, the definition of unto is to accept. You're not accepting this. You're, you're just not, it's, it's fitting. Fit means proper. It means appropriate. God made this so that it would fit, un, it, it would fit in Him. As it, as it is fit in the Lord. So, obviously, God has made this rule to where the wives must submit to their husbands because it's fitting in the Lord's sight. So, you girls need to understand that. This fits. It's the rule. It's marked. It's appropriate. You girls need to understand that. Because there's... Obviously, guys are stupid. They're dumb sometimes. They... they they have half a brain, pretty much, you know, I, I'm one of them, you know. But, for some reason, they can stand strong against a lot of emotional things. They just, God has made men, men, to where they can run and rule over things. So, girls, understand that. It's not that he's higher than you. He just knows, the man knows how to run things according to what we're living in for right now. So, girls, notice that. And, and don't be upset just because, Oh my gosh, I got to do it to my husband. No. You want to do it because the Lord has made it that way. So, you want to, if you're a God-fearing woman, you want to do it that way. You want to do it in the correct way for the Lord. But then it goes over to the guys now in verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And I know it's men in here, you know, we can say I love you and all that stuff, but yet, we have a hard time with bitterness. We have a hard time with, with, oh my gosh, she's not doing, she's not cooking dinner, I'm bringing home the bacon and she's not doing this and that, and then you start getting bitter, you start getting upset. And then you, your mind starts going off, you're like, oh my gosh, and like, you start to get angry. But, what does the Bible tell us? Husbands, love your wives. So, obviously, we're supposed to love our wives in everything. Even when she's not doing anything you want or if she's doing whatever wrong. It's easy for a guy to be bitter towards women. And that's why we truly need to love the Lord with all our hearts first. Then, you will have no reason to be bitter with your wife, men. You have to love the Lord with all your heart first in order for you to be able to love your wife. you got to love the Lord. So my advice for you gentlemen in this room and husband is to love the Lord with all your heart. Because when you can do that, when you can accept that, when you can notice that, that's going to be like, hey, you're not going to be bitter towards your wife. You're not even going to see her nagging at you or anything. Because the, the, the three words, the three words to every marriage 
right here. I got it from Robert Hill, man. The three words, the three words to, in any marriage, it's not I love you, sorry, it's not that. It's praise the Lord. That's it. Those are the three words. When you can say praise the Lord in everything you do, something's right. Something is going right. It's not always going to be, I love you. Maybe, maybe she's not going to want that, you to say that. She'll be like, oh, shut up now. You know, like, you're just saying that trying to make me happy. But when you say, praise the Lord, what's going to happen? Oh, man. Dang, man. You know, you're thinking about the Lord. And then what happens? She starts to think about the Lord. And you men, you mesh together like mashed potatoes. Okay? So, and then in Ephesians 5, 22, or 25 to 29, this is for the guys still. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he, may, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spots, or wrinkles, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife love, loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. So guys, you love yourself, no matter what. Love your wives as much as you love yourself. That's what this passage is telling us. You love yourself, because I know we all men do. I don't care what you say, all us men, we always check ourselves out. Always. And if, and if a hand goes up in this room saying, I don't, you liar. Because I can... Pretty much, when you're getting in the shower, guys, you're looking in that mirror, right? <laughs> exactly. You're, you're saying, man, is my, am, I, am I doing good here? Like, what's going on? You know, like, you're checking yourself out. When you're getting ready for a date. Oh, man, got to brush my teeth, put on the cologne. Do I look good enough? Is my shirt wrinkled? Is my collar straight? What's going on? You're always checking yourself out. So, obviously, we love ourselves a lot. Especially our hair. When we were little. I don't know about now. I don't. Not now. But when we were little, it was like, hey, don't touch my hair, man. And that's true, right, guys? Yeah. Anyway, I can see by the looks in the eyes. So, guys, as much as you love yourself, that's how much you should love your wife, is what Paul is trying to tell us in Ephesians. Moving on to verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents and do not argue with them. For this is pleasing unto the Lord. If that translation helps. Don't argue with your parents. Just obey them. Just honor them. Because God knows that it is pleasing unto Him. Just like when, when we obey and honor God and worship Him. It pleases him the same exact way as it would if you were to do the same for your parents. So, 
all of us in here have parents. Whether we live with them or don't, we have parents. We have a guardian. So, obey them. If you want to please God, obey your parents. In Exodus 20:12, it says, Honor thy father and mother, that, that, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord by God giveth thee. That's one of the commandments. It was written way before to honor your father and mother. Exodus 20.12 So, you know what pleases God? It's your choice whether you want to honor your parents and please God or not. Moving on. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. One day, when we become fathers, men here, one of these days, Paul tells us that unrealistic demands lead to anger and discouragement in the heart of a child. So, you guys in here, man, do all you can to not provoke your child to be discouraged or to anger. But to, but to discipline them and raise them up into, unto the way of the Lord. We want you to do that. So one day, us guys, you know, when we have, when we have Billy and Jimmy and Johnny and, and Terry and Gary. Oh, that's just me? But one day we're going to have kids, man. It's going to be fun. You should... Always make it exciting. You should always just hype it up. Be exciting. Don't, don't bring ang anger towards your kids. Yes, you're supposed to discipline your kids, but don't just shoot them down and say, Oh, Johnny, man, you're a bad kid because you can't throw the ball right, you little sissy, or whatnot. Because what? That's going to discourage a kid. That's going to hurt his feelings. They're going to be discouraged and angry. And what happens? What if they grow up into that lifestyle that you just did that? Yeah, you will sin, you will sin but try not to continually do the same exact thing you're doing and hurt your child like that. That's what Paul's saying. So in verse 22 to 23, this is a huge chunk in my notes right here. But it says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, and not with every, or not with eye service as men pleasers, but in the singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. This verse talks about whoever we are serving like a person with a job. Most of us in here have jobs or whatnot, right? So, we know that a job is ran by a boss, a CEO of the company. We know there's a higher guy in our jobs that we work at. So, when you're working, you're not supposed to work yeah, you're supposed to work. Uh, you're supposed to work 
accordingly to your CEO to make the profit that it's supposed to be gained. But in the same right of in the same state of mind, if you focus on man, I'm, I'm God's giving me this job. I'm gonna do it unto Him. I'm gonna be the best worker at this corporation because I'm doing it for I'm doing it for God. Because we know that slaves back then they worked for the person that was the head of that household. They worked unto that that the owner of the house, and they would work for him. But if we can take our mind, our thoughts, our momentum, and place it on God as Man, I'm, I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm doing everything here in this corporation for Jesus. What happens? You start, you start putting your 100% in. You don't go halfway. You don't get upset at the boss when he's just nailing you and stuff because you're not doing correct. None of that's going to happen. Why? Because you're going to be doing 100% for the king and it's not going to come down to that. If anything, that boss of yours is going to be like, oh my gosh, like you're a great worker. You don't fight. You don't argue with me. You do everything according to the rule book. Uh, here, let me bump you up to president now. The, the more you serve the Lord in everything you do with your whole heart, the more you work for the Lord, the more the blessing you will be to many, many people. And when people see that, the more of a blessing they're going to bless you back with something nice. So my point is, work, do it for Jesus. When you're working, when you're doing anything, throughout the whole scripture so far, we do everything for Jesus. Do it for Him. As we know that it was when Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep that God appeared to him in the burning bush in Exodus 3. It was Peter and Andrew that were casting their nets that Jesus called them to be fishers of men in Matthew 4.19. And it was Saul who was, who was uh, laboring for the high priest on his way to Damascus that Jesus appeared to him and turned his life around in Acts Chapter 9. So, with these three sceneries, all these men that became godly people were the ones who knew how to work and worked very hard at what they were doing. They didn't sit around and waited for an opportunity to come. They just did, they just worked. They just worked and they did a hard, or they did it with their whole hearts. They loved what they were doing, and they were just doing it with their whole hearts because they loved it. And in the same way, God wants to use each of us in that same way. He wants to use workers, not just people that sit on their butts and just sit there and wait for the Lord. Lord, bring, you know, ride up on a chariot with me and like... Plant me somewhere to work, you know? No. God is looking for the hard workers and He wants you to work hard for Him. That's all it is. Whatever you're doing, do it heartily unto the Lord. For God will tap you on the shoulder and give you an even more significant task.
when the time comes, when the time is right. So do it all for the Lord. My computer just died. And that's just great. Hopefully, uh, we'll go back on the world. Let's go. <laughs> Verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. We'll stop right there. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for, for ye serve the Lord Christ. In this statement right here, there's got to be a prize. There's got to be something you're working or you're doing something for. And I wish the story... Okay, I'm going to try to remember the story the best I can, but it's in here. But there's this guy, you know. He saw what Mother Teresa was doing. She would always go help the, po- help the poor, people that were down, people that were broken, people that were smelly, stinky. You name it, she's done it. And this guy, this reporter... He, he, he's, he's followed this. He's, he's tracked Mother Teresa and what she was doing. In his words, he said, Man, I wouldn't do that for a million bucks. Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa said this, I wouldn't either. And that's, the re, and that's the goal right there. Mother Teresa was right. I wouldn't either. She loved doing it. Because she, she knew that her reward was way bigger than that. In the same sense, our reward here on earth, you're not taking it with you. Sorry. No go. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200 bucks. You're not getting anything here on this earth. Sorry. Mother Teresa knew that her reward was in heaven and she enjoyed comforting people. She enjoyed doing all these things. We should enjoy that too. Man, I know some of you that when we go out to the hospice, man, you enjoy that. It's just amazing. You're sitting next to just these amazing women that live since, thinking, 1910, 1912. They're 97 years old, 94 years old. And it's amazing to hear about the stories. Even though they don't function all the way through, it's amazing to just, hear about their life and what they can and cannot and what they can remember. And it's awesome. And that's the reward right there, my friends. If you enjoy doing that, your reward's in heaven. Because a lot of people don't like doing that. They just look at that like, oh, who'd want to spend stinking an hour with some old lady that's gonna be, you know, who knows what, poop in her bed the next minute. You know, who would want to do that? But those of you that do, man, you can see the joy in it. It's amazing. And there was a verse that went along with this too that I had in Matthew 5, I believe. I can't remember. But I'll look it up later for you guys. <laughs> Sorry my computer died out. But... That's the reward in life right there. When you can take yourself out of center and let Jesus be the center and do it for Jesus, 
that's your reward right there. It's, it's going to be amazing. And moving on. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. To sum that up, those of you guys that do wrong, sin, whatever, against someone else, there are repercussions. You, that's it. There will be repercussions. Hey, you sleep around a lot. Repercussion is you're going to get AIDS, whatever. You go around hijacking a bunch of cars all the time, you're going to get caught one day. There are repercussions to everything you do in life that is wrong, to sum it up. And so, let's not touch that. Let's not place our foot in that water, that area of sin. We should always do everything for Jesus. Because when you can do it for Jesus... When you're doing something and you can say, Lord, I'm doing this for you, obviously you're doing something right. If you're doing something wrong, Jesus, Jesus is nowhere near where you're at because you're just going to do it for yourself. And it's hard, it's tempting, but do everything unto the Lord is what chapter 3 He's talking about do it for Jesus. And I wish I can pull out the scripture for this last part for you because in Jeremiah 7 or something, I don't know. But it talks about backsliding. It talks about doing all these things and repercussions for these things in Jeremiah. And we need to understand that. Man, it sucks. Don't, I mean, if you sin, okay, that sin is done away, it's gone, let's move on and glorify Jesus in the best way we can. Hey, and when you get down again, move on and continue on straight. Paul doesn't want any to stray away at all, but to always draw closer to God. So, throughout this whole chapter, throughout this whole section that we talked about we last section was let Jesus be the center this section is do it for Jesus so in everything we do let's place Brian aside let's let's place Johnny aside let's place Billy aside and let's let's place Jesus in the center and make him everything make him be everything give him all the glory and we're still in this new year together, guys. Let's start off this new year with a new person that we're representing, which is Jesus and not ourselves. So, my encouragement, just love the Lord. That's it. You love the Lord, everything else will fall into place. If you love the Lord and follow Him and put Him the center and you're doing everything for Him, 
everything will fall into place. Whether it's boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, you're not being patient. You want to do your own thing. Just be patient and do what you can do for the Lord in the meantime. There's no need to rush into anything. And my vision always is that you guys would grow in the Lord more. And that's what you would be thinking about. That's my vision for each and every single one of you. is for you to fall in love with Jesus every morning you wake up. You wake up. Man, Jesus, you're awesome. You're giving me another day. That's, what, that's my vision for you guys. That's why I want each of you guys to understand that every time you wake up in the morning, you know the Lord's giving you another day, another day to glorify Him, another day to serve Him, just another day here on, the, on this planet to do something for God. That's it. So when it talks about Colossians 3.2, have heavenly minds, think about the things above. When you can wake up with that mindset, your life will change. Your life will change. It's changed each and every single one of my, this, my kids' lives every time they've woken up to this verse. And it's right here in Colossians 3. We went, we went over it last week. When you can plug that in your mind, it will change your life. I have one kid. He, his name is... Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh my goodness. Hold on. Oh, snap. Huh? <laughs> no, it's not on my laptop. <laughs> Um, no, it's not Johnny. But one of my kids, you know, he was so blessed at camp. And I gave him that verse. And what did he do? I didn't know he did this. He told me he did this. I mean, ran home, you know, he goes home. We, I see him at church, you know, I'm like, so he would. He's like, Brian, you know that verse that you gave us that all of us should meditate on? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, man, I think it took a poster and I wrote that verse. <laughs> And I stuck it on the ceiling, so every time I wake up, that's the first thing I see. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're stinking. You're the master right now, man. You're beating me, man. You are schooling me right now. That's our motivation right there. When we think of heavenly things, not the earthly things. When we think about heaven. When we think about what we're doing for heaven. When we're not thinking about girls and makeup. The clothes, guys, the cars, the planes, the shoes, the clothes, all that stuff. When we're not thinking about those things, watch, take a look at yourself. If you're, when you're not thinking about those things, when you're thinking about what you can do for the Lord, watch yourself. Try to, try to step out of place so you can see yourself do what you're doing for the Lord because it's going to shock you, my friend. It's going to hit you like a stinking bat. It's going to be amazing that you get to do these things for the Lord. Man, Lord, I get to go to the hospice for you and to just have people just to talk to and 
have them know something different about me. I get to do that for you, my king. Man, that's awesome. That's the blessing in life. So, do something about it, guys. You want to draw closer to the Lord? <clears throat> Start drawing closer to the Lord. You want to do things for the Lord? Start doing them. But Brian, I can't. I don't have that gift. Yeah, you do. You have more. Everyone's got a gift. Everyone's got a gift. I'm. We all have a gift. We just need to find it and improve on it and start taking it to the next level. Let all of us in here not be the average Christian who goes to church, sits down in a pew, gets bored out of that sermon, and walks away not gaining anything. Let us not be those people. Let us be the ones to walk the walk and talk the talk. Let us be those Christians that are going to go out there and do things to make it happen no matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. Hey, if it takes a hundred bucks to, to help whomever out and you ain't got it, let us be the ones to say, Hey guys, call, call whomever, call the fam, call, call your friends. Gather me and let us be the ones to say, hey, I know this family. They're, they're dry. They don't have this. They don't have that. Can anyone? Does anyone want to partake the blessing into helping this family out? Let us be those people to, to, to be the ones to take control and to start making things happen. Stop with the talking. Let's start doing these things. We talk too much. All we do is talk, talk, talk. Oh, people... With these visions, they're telling me these visions, you know, everyone, oh, bro, I got this vision of doing this basket thing and throw, and just exploding all around Riverside and all these things. I got this vision to do that thing. Well, then start doing it. What happens? Never got done. Never been, never even started. Let us not be those ones with visions and don't do anything with it. Let's be the ones that, hey, you know the Lord's prompting something on your heart? Let us be the ones that's thinking. Grab that and let's go see the blessing that the Lord has for me because He's prompted this on my heart. Let us be those ones to take charge and to be the first ones out into the battlefield with our stinking sword out and just charging. We're just going all the way. We're not sitting in the back being little sissies. I, I, I heard the Lord, but, you know, I'm just going to stand back here and not do anything. Let us grab our swords and run forth with it and do what the Lord wants us because we should do it for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Father, we just come to you, God. And Lord, I know that I was depending on my laptop, on my notes and so on, but Father, you shut it down for a reason and I thank you, Lord. I, I thank you that you would pour your spirit upon this place that you would give me words to speak that you would take it to another direction God and Father I just pray that we would all just go forth and go full blast for you Lord that you would help us to understand our gifts Father that you would show us that if we're leaders then help us to lead and if we're not God help us to just be servants for you till the time is right 
God, that we would look for look for the earthly things on this planet, God. That we would seek for godliness. That we would seek after things that you would seek after, Jesus. God, I know you have a plan and a future for each of us. As your word says in Jeremiah 29:11, God. And I pray, God, that we would all focus on you and what you have planned for us, Lord. So, Father, please, Lord, I ask, God, that you would just hear each heart in this room, each beat counting, each mind thinking, that you would hear each of us here, Father, and that you would grant everyone their desires, God, only the desires for you, Father, that you would grant that to them in, in this place, God. So, Father, I thank you so much for my family here. I just pray, God, that you would just keep each person safe, protect them from evil, God. May they walk in righteousness always. And, God, that everything they do, that they would do it for you, Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for this night. And we ask, God, that your kingdom would come and your will be done always. In Jesus' name, amen.